is you have these bad feelings and you had feelings of sadness and you have like you feel like you're spinning out of control, at least for me with my anxiety. And I couldn't understand why someone who had it all would be having these deep, dark feelings. And then it really made it worse because then I was like feeling bad that I was feeling bad. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the D Word podcast. Today, I'm joined by Julia Brogley Belt, who is a mental health expert who actually recently came to my school and shared a very, very powerful message that, you know, really reframed um, the negative stigma around mental health. And instead of associating words like weakness with mental health, she really showed us that. Um, It actually signifies tremendous resilience, as you said, and I'm so excited for everyone to get a chance to get to know her. Um, Julia is also an entrepreneur. She's the co-founder of Broglie Box, which is a company that allows you to create and send self-care packages to friends and family for mental wellness. And I just love that idea. So Julia, a very warm welcome to you, and thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to jump right into things. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Mia. Yes, of course. So I'd love it if we could start out with you sharing a little bit about how your passion for mental health originated, where that kind of stemmed from. Yeah, definitely. So I became a mental health advocate out of personal need. So Mm -hmm. my mental health story starts when I was young. I was a young child. I always felt like something was terribly wrong with me, but I didn't have the language to describe what I was feeling. And I felt like it was a deep personal weakness. Um, And I just continued to unfortunately suffer in silence um, until I had this tragic event happen to me. I lost my brother Justin to suicide. He was 24 at the time. And that experience really woke me up to my own mental health challenges and that I needed to get help. Um, And then it also woke me up to the reality that there are so many people out there that are struggling. They don't know where to turn to. They feel like it's a personal weakness. Um, They don't get help for whatever reason. And because of that, I've I've dedicated my, my life really and changed my entire career to wanting to help other people with those specific challenges. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear about your brother. Um, I'm sure he was a wonderful person and I'm sure you miss him a lot. Um, But yeah, going off of that, what you said, um, I've talked to a lot of my friends about mental health and some struggles and anxiety and depression. And one thing that seems to be very common that we talked about, and like you just said, is that people feel like there's so much that they have to be grateful for and that kind of invalidates their um, struggles and experiences with depression and anxiety. And um, I feel like that is one of the biggest reasons why teens and people just don't reach out for help and they don't get support. And so I wanted to know what your thoughts on this was and what you might say to someone who may be dealing with that same thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can speak from firsthand experience that 
someone who felt like they had it all. You know, mm-hmm. I, I felt like I grew up with two loving parents. I had a solid family support system. I had a roof over my head, always food on the table, nothing quote unquote major happened to me that was causing me to feel so sad. So there was an immense amount of guilt that I was experiencing and it only further perpetrate, it only like made it worse, right? Because you have these bad feelings and you had feelings of sadness and you have like, you feel like you're spinning out of control, at least for me with my anxiety. And I couldn't understand why someone who had it all would be having these deep, dark feelings. And then it only made it worse because then I was like feeling bad that I was feeling bad. Exactly. Um, so, you know, anyone that's out there that's experiencing that, I would say to them that one, you're not alone. I was in the same exact boat, but that doesn't make you any less worthy of getting help. And just like any physical condition, like if you broke your arm, you wouldn't say to yourself, well, I'm not going to go to the doctor and get help for my broken arm because I have a solid support system at home and I have a roof over my head and I have all these things that I should be grateful for. So I'm not going to go get help for my physical ailment. No one would ever say that. You would say, that's silly. What are you doing? Go to a doctor. And so it was really for me personally, rewiring this perception in my head that mental health was different than any physical illness. Mm -hmm. Um, And that we rewiring allowed me to realize that it's not different, but also that anyone of any status is worthy of getting help. And that is, that is what I live by now. And anytime there is a situation, it doesn't invalidate the fact that you can be grateful for everything that you have. If anything, you can, you can only enjoy life even more if you're feeling like yourself. And so that shouldn't be, don't let yourself get in the way of your recovery. I always say. Yeah. Yeah. I totally love that. And something again, that you said when you were talking to my school was unsilencing your pain. And I really just loved that phrase. Cause I feel like it really spoke to a lot of my peers and students. And it's just something that we don't really hear a lot, especially as teens growing up in high school, um, so yeah, I just really liked that. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that section of the speech too, because I think it, um, it just makes people realize that there's not, and it, it's all subjective. Like one pain should, isn't worse than the other. And, you know, everyone should unsilence their pain because simply because they matter. That's mm-hmm. it. That's, that's it. They matter. So you should unsilence your pain because you matter. Mm-hmm. As simple as that. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, And kind of going off of this idea that, you know, no matter what you have, who you are, where you are, like you matter. um, My friends and I have also talked a lot about being diagnosed with some like mental illness versus just feeling sad or having anxiety. Um, And I feel like something that really propels students to seek support is being diagnosed. So I kind of want to touch on this. Like, what do you think is a way that students can be encouraged to seek support without being diagnosed? So I think that there's a lot of different opinions and feelings about this. And I think that what the worst thing you can possibly do is to self-diagnose. 
So if you're watching videos on TikTok or you're watching videos on Instagram or you're hearing the symptoms of other people and saying, well, that's me. So I must have insert the blank on whatever diagnosis that is very, a very dangerous thing to do. Um, and it's best to go to a mental health professional to get properly diagnosed. Um, I would say for the people who are out there, I mean, we know the stats one in five have a mental illness or will have a mental health challenge in their lifetime. Um, but we all have mental health and it's the four out of five that may not have a quote unquote diagnosis, but are struggling in some way. And what we call that is um, like, there's people that are flourishing and then there's people who are just struggling with something in their life. And you don't have to, you don't have to wait for a diagnosis to get help. I think a lot of people think like, oh, I need to, I need to have a diagnosis to go to therapy, for example. And that's not, that's not the case. Like you could go to therapy for any sort of issue or support that you need in your life. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't really see. And I also think a lot of people think that therapy is like a bad thing. And it's really not. It's really just you getting support for any feelings that you may be having. And um, I think it's amazing that you are doing so much work to try and change that stigma. So I really Yeah, just like brushing your teeth, you know, like, can you imagine if we were like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe I have to brush my teeth every day because like I I, like it's like no it's this preventative thing that you do to prevent cavities for your oral health like just like you know like we should be doing things like that for our mental health that's almost like preventative because the reality is we're all going to have situations in our life where we're living the human experience we're going to have things that happen that are hard because that's part of being human and that doesn't mean like, oh, I'm I ha- I'm really sad, so I have depression. That's not what that means. It just means, hey, like, get some extra support for, for the things that um you know you need you need support for. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I also I love that word preventative. It's just so like, I don't think that people should wait until they are diagnosed to go get support. Like, if you are feeling sad or if you're feeling depressed, like preventative measures is the way to go, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, just in high school, there's a lot of changes happening. Um, you're, you, there's so much pressure to, you know, get into the best college and you feel like at least how I felt was, well, I have to go to the best college or I have to figure out which college I'm going to. And I have to figure out my major because I have to figure out what I want to do with my career. And like, all of this is riding on, this, these college applications and what I choose for the next like year of my life will dictate the rest of my life and coming out of it. And like, I'm, I'll be 32 in July and I've changed my career. Literally. Like I studied chemical engineering in in college. I was working in the skincare industry and I completely changed my career. And it was like, you can do it. You can do it later. You don't have to have it all figured out, but to like release yourself of that pressure a little bit is, I don't know. It feels, it feels like you're 
it feels like there's so much pressure in the moment, but in the reality, you can change, you can change later. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I feel like seniors, I know I can relate to all of those feelings that you just talked about. And I feel like seniors especially can relate to that too. Like so much pressure just riding on like what you're going to do after high school. And it's really not that big of a deal. (laughs) And um, you can do what you want with your life. And so I really like that. Um, so kind of circling back to what you said a couple minutes ago, um, the statistic you brought up, one in five people are diagnosed with dealing with anxiety or depression. Um, I know that that is the statistic, but I feel like it goes a lot further than that. Um, and like we were talking about before, like you don't have to be diagnosed to, you know, be feeling these feelings. Um, so I just want to know your thoughts on how that statistic impacts people and how much like importance they place on prioritizing themselves and their mental health. Yeah. So I think, I think it goes back to this, like this perception that you're either perfectly healthy or you're in the 20% that's mentally ill. And that's so such a, such a, incorrect viewpoint of what we think about with mental health. I mean, I think about my own mental health journey and although I've been diagnosed, so technically I follow, fall into that 20%. I'm also like, there's been days where I feel like perfectly perfect, like normal and feel like a hundred percent of myself. And I don't feel like I'm suffering at all. And so I think it fluctuates. It fluctuates daily. It fluctuates hourly for some people. And Um, the term that I was trying to think of before that was on the tip of my tongue was um, it's called languishing. And basically what that means is maybe you don't have necessarily a diagnosable condition, but you're suffering or um, you're having some sort of challenge. You're, you're struggling in some way. Um, And that term is called languishing. And that's what, you know, that's what, that's where I think the preventative mental health, mental health practices really come into play. Mm -hmm. Um, But also that, that this perception that, oh, I don't need to get help unless I fall into that 20%. I think statistics that, that statistic is good in a way that it demonstrates how big, how much of the population actually falls into the category of you know, a diagnosable condition, like 20%, like one in five, that that's big. That's a big percentage. Um, but there's an even larger percentage that I would say fall into the category of languishing, which is, I don't necessarily fall into the category of being diagnosed, but I'm struggling in some capacity. And I think that that population in in general, um, you know, that's where it's like the daily self-care practices, the mindfulness exercises, the breathing exercises, those things you're doing every single day to really build up that mental resilience. It makes, it's a game changer. Yeah, totally. And like you said, when you came to talk to my school, um, everyone has mental health and it's not just that one in five, you know, exactly. It's really important for people to know too. Yeah, definitely. Like it's mental health is not something that only happens when something like bad happens, you know, it's like, exactly. it's not a bad thing. It's like, we all have mental health, just like we all have physical health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about your company and your business too. Um, so if you don't mind me asking, um, after you lost your brother, what kind of 
changed inside you and how did that impact your drive and your desire to go and make a difference in the world and start your whole company? Yeah. So I think before my brother died, I, I've definitely always been a driven individual, but yeah. it wasn't, I, I always struggled with like, what is my life's purpose? What, mm-hmm. you know, I have different skills, like where do I need to put these skills? What do I want to do with my life? You know, those types of questions always came up, but after he died, I really like channeled all of that energy and all of that motivation into helping people with their mental health. Um, and because of, I'm more of like a researcher, like have this engineering analytical mindset, I actually did, I dove into the research. So I talked to as many mental health professionals as I could, therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, Um, you know, you name it, I was talking to them, asking them what's working for people, what's not working for people, what do you recommend for people outside of therapy? Because you can't be with your therapist 24-7. So, you know, if someone's coming in and they're struggling, what are you recommending to them outside of, you know, getting the professional medical treatment? And then I also sat on all of these Facebook at the time, like Facebook groups were all the thing. Um, and there were all of these anxiety support groups, depression support groups. Um, and those two cat, there's so many different mental health challenges, but those two categories were really interesting to me because that's what I struggled with. And that's what my brother struggled with. And I just sat there and watched like what people were commenting to each other, what the types of things, the types of challenges that people were struggling with, Um, And the things that people were suggesting to each other as helpful, as helpful support system. So what I did is I took all that research and I started slicing and dicing it. And I realized that everything that people were recommending fell into one of six categories. Um, So it was either mindfulness, gratitude, relaxation, sleep, nutrition, or fitness. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing one or all of those six things, That's really what's helping you build mental resilience. So the idea for the box came around because it was like, what is a fun way to take care of our mental health? Because at the time, like when my brother died in 2014, that mental health was still extremely stigmatized. I would say we've come so far now in 2023, nine years later, um, you know, it's definitely more openly spoken about, but at the time it really wasn't. So I was like, what's a way that we can talk about these things? It feels like very loving to receive this gift potentially in the mail. It feels like, um, you know, exciting and fun to open up, but all the items inside have some sort of benefit to your mental health and or resources to point you in the direction of professional care. So the box was never intended to be a replacement for professional treatment. In fact, sometimes people would use that as a first step. And then they would realize, oh, it's okay for me to take care of my mental health. Or they read an article in our magazine that that it was like talking about what they could expect for the first time going to therapy. And then they would do that. So that's kind of how the box idea came about. Awesome. I literally love that idea so much. Um, I feel like you're totally making a difference in so many people's lives. And yes, we totally have come a long way. And it's because of advocates like yourself with these great ideas and just putting yourself out there and using your passion as a drive to, you know, push you through all the hard work that it takes. And so 
I really love what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been fun. It's been a fun ride. I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur, but here I am. <laughs> yeah, and that just goes back to the whole senior in call or senior in high school, college thing. Like you can change what you want to do. You want to, you know, just gotta release all that pressure. Yeah, definitely. So um, thank you so much for all of your wonderful insight. Um, before I have you go, I do a lightning round of questions with all of my guests. And it's just three very simple questions that I ask to everyone. So my first question is, what is a question you wish I would have asked you? And then what would your answer be? Oh, that's so <laughs> hard. I know. Sorry to put you on the spot like this. Um, something that, oh, shoot. Um, I would say I always recommend everyone to have like a word or a mantra mm -hmm. um, that they go by. And um, like, so that would might be an interesting question to ask, mm -hmm. like, what's your what's your mantra or what's your word of the year? And what's yours? My answer to that would be, so I pick a new word every year, but my word this year is presence. And I feel like the reason I picked presence was because I feel like time is go going by so fast and it's only when we're present in the moment that we can make time feel a little bit slower and really relish in all of the good things and the experiences that we have. And so that's why I picked, picked that word for this year. Yeah, totally. And I'm totally going to steal that too. I feel like that's <laughs> such a good word. Um, and I'll show you my, I know that we're on podcasts, but <laughs> this is my vision board for the year. And you can see oh my gosh, that is today. so cute. I love it. Oh, now I want to make my own. <laughs> Do it. It's so fun to make a vision board. I love it. <laughs> you just cut out like pieces of magazine and stick it on there. Oh, that's yeah, so Yeah, magazines or I print like different things off from the computer and then put it. It's like Pinterest, but yeah, it's yeah. Cool and I, I look at it every single day. <laughs> that's so cute. I love that. Um, so my next question is what's your favorite way to de-stress? Mm. <sighs> well. I love being outside in nature. Like that is my number one thing. So I love going hiking um, or just really, or the beach, like anything that involves being outside in nature. I love going to national parks. Um, so that would be like my number one thing. Anytime I'm feeling overwhelmed by the day, I get up and I go for a walk outside. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's so peaceful outside. Just like the breeze, the birds chirping, the sun. I love that too. Exactly. Um, my last lightning round question is if I gave you a microphone that could reach all four corners of the globe right now, what message would you share? These questions. Are <laughs> um, if you're someone out there who might be struggling, I want you to know that you're not alone and that you're worthy of help. Totally. Perfect message. I love it. Um, well, Julia, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I really just want to acknowledge um, 
all the work that you do for people who are experiencing anxiety and depression. And I see how hard you work. Others can see how hard you work. And um, you're doing so much to change the stigma and to move us forward on this mental health journey. And it's really just not an easy job. And I just wanted to acknowledge all that you do. And, you know, you're such a trailblazer for people and such an inspiration for so many people, including myself. And I just wanted to thank you for giving so much of yourself to help others. Well, thank you. And I want to help you for also being a trailblazer (laughs) and having this podcast and having me on it. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. I'm so glad you're able to come on. Um, And I'm so grateful that you took the time to share your very heartwarming story with us today. Um, Your brother truly sounds like a loving and beautiful person. And I'm sure he's so proud and just beaming ear to ear at you right now. Um, so thank you again for what you do to make a difference in the world. And um, yeah, I know again that there are so many people out there who are inspired by you and your work. And yeah, so for everyone listening, be sure to follow Julia on Instagram at the Brogley Box and also give us a follow at DWord Podcast and keep checking back for more episodes and all things mental health. Thank you all for listening. Hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. For privacy purposes, the last names and school information of student guests have been redacted. All content by DWord Podcast is provided for general information and or entertainment purposes only and should not be treated as a substitute for the medical advice of your own doctor or any other healthcare professional. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read, watched, or listened to on this podcast or any of our other media channels.